Welcome to episode 169 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me comparing eccentric American billionaires to Decepticons on Twitter at SEATJK. And with me, as always, is Chris. Where can we find you just not having any kind of Twitter header image on your profile at all, Chris? <laughs> do I not have a uh, uh, do I not have a Twitter no, header you're, image? You're a bot. Really? You have a wow. profile picture, but no header image on your profile. Yeah. Does that make me your star screen? Are you the Megatron and I'm your star screen? I don't. How is that the case? I don't know. So I you're just... talking about my tweet earlier about Elon is Starscream and Bezos <laughs> yeah. is Megatron. Like to me, right. Bezos is much scarier. Elon yes. is a sideshow. Like he's more interested in being famous. Yeah. Right. Like. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Um. But why? Why? You mean in this relationship? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> Neither Maybe. one of us is in charge. The Decepticons. I'm Soundwave. I'm uh. I'm Hot Rod. <laughs> like. It seems like I can't get my shit together, and then all of a sudden, you know, clutch yeah. performance. Clutch performance. There yeah. you go. I like it. I oh, like it. It'd be this show would be way cooler if you were Soundwave. <laughs> <laughs> I just want the cassette tape to come out of my body, and people go, "What the hell's a cassette tape?" <laughs> <laughs> that would be my that would be my superpower. Your whole body is obsolete, bro. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it's like, what is he? He's a boombox, and a cassette tape comes out of his chest. Yeah, what is any of that? Like, I heard the words, but, like, no 12-year-old knows what the fuck you're talking about. No, this is the whole, the, the save icon is a floppy disk, and we have a whole generation of people who don't know why. <laughs> no clue. All right. Well, it's no colorful Donald Trump dildo. Not for men. Did you see this? <laughs> <laughs> but we've got a classic PC LSNE show for you this week. Now I feel like I have to explain it. So, there is, uh, <laughs> there is a... Some company, God, I didn't have it ready. I, I thought you would. Have, I was hoping you would have seen it. So earlier on Twitter, it not, makes it make your it makes an earlier tweet of yours make more sense now. Why is that? I don't know. Was what? it the the toad the toad joke? No, no, no. I'm just I'm just <laughs> mad that the toad crop with the long legs is now defunct. Oh, sorry. They, they moved the crop. No, it's okay. So, uh, all right. So there's a place. I have no idea where it's where it is, but it's uh, called Mike Oxmall's Guns and Ammo, <laughs> and it says we are now selling homemade Trump toys and toys is in okay. quotation marks for that special lady in your life, and then in parentheses in ca- all caps it says not for men, <laughs> and then the whole bunch of insane Trump t- hashtags: Trump twenty twenty four, Trump twenty twenty four landslide, Trump twenty thirty seven, Trump is my president, Trump twenty 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 four to save America, and then. Right below this description, there is a rack of approximately 15 uh, various colored dildos with that end instead of a, a penis head. It's Donald Trump's head. Now, as appropriate <laughs> as that might be. <laughs> Using it for un, un, for non-ironic sex, your sexual pleasure not is frightening. for is men. That... <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Because clearly Mike Oxnall is not... I... He does not. You, he does not support you sticking things up your butt. Well, maybe. Okay. Well, his loss. I guess. I mean, all right. He's, I'm gonna let this what, go. I, I had a whole thing about what? Donald Trump's head going up your ass. I'm just gonna leave it. Why? Why would you? Why would you cut off an entire segment of your market? It doesn't make any sense. Gay panic. Well, all there right. you have it. Well, we'll ease into a new segment. <laughs> I didn't mean it. How's that for a transition? Well. That we're calling Recasting Call. We teased it a few weeks back, where we'll talk about some sliding doors moments for some of your favorite movies. 
before moving on to life hacks, but this time they are morally ambiguous at best. But hey, it's all relative. And finally, you probably didn't notice, but there was some more alien news last month, and I want to know why you don't care. Beyond the buzzer, it's back to the stupidest things ever said. Before we head to the OT, we'll talk about whether knowing the future can prevent you from making past mistakes. Interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod, or hit us up via email at at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. But before we get to that, I have to ask you, Chris, do you think that compatible personal work styles are an important thing for har- for a harmonious and productive daily experience? I think for sure, 100%. Now, we're not allowed to hire for fit anymore, right? Because there's, it's too loaded. Right. Um, HR guides you not to use those words, even right. if that's really what you are doing, because you do want someone. And I look, I... I don't, I don't want to tread on this difficult ground, but uh, because you definitely want somebody, because when you're like, well, we want somebody who's going to be like us, well, that's that's not ideal, right? You really want different perspectives, but it's really about the work style, right? Yes. It's like, I don't really, I can work with any kind of person as long as they are, you know, reliable, um, communicates, uh, do what they say they're going to do, basically, right? That's what yeah. I, that's all I need. Everything that's else, solid. everything else is flexible. Right. We'll teach you how to do your job. We'll teach you how to do the, 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 the specifics of your job. But when you come into it, you have to have the right attitude, even if you don't have the same ideas that I have. That's, that's what it comes down to. Right. We can have a constructive conversation where we disagree. That, that is really the, that's the thing we have to get to, right? Can mm-hmm. we have, can we work together? Anyway, this, we're getting off topic, but I was leading you to the point of, I have had, this is completely different, but it's related in the way that style matters. Now, Children have a learning style, right? You have more than one child. They don't learn the same way, correct? Yeah, my 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 younger son doesn't learn at all. I <laughs> said so just boys yeah, in general. Yeah, maybe. Um, and then teachers, obviously, you've had many teachers in your life, and they all have a different teaching style, right? Sure. Well, for the first time ever, I got to experience what it's like when a child changes teachers from in the middle of a grade school class. Because when they went back to the go back um, program for our our elementary school, we elected to stay home. And I told you this before, different schedules and just logistically impossible. Um, Plus the disease vector aspect that I really don't need to get into any further. Sure. Uh, But so our first grader and granted, she came into first grade, I would say not where maybe she needed to be to be presented with an all remote experience. Uh, particularly, you know, we've talked about how over time the instructions have improved, they've simplified things, and they finally, you know, sort of a little more than halfway through the school year, it's, I think that the, the, not the teachers individually, but the school district and how they were delivering education to especially the younger students, they finally got it figured out. Mm. But it was really interesting to me to watch her switch teachers because the other teacher stressed her out, the original teacher. And the original teacher was very rules-oriented, which is great. She needs structure, don't get me wrong. But this teacher is like, much more empathetic toward the children, much mm. more operating on their level, much less dictatorial, much less, you know, sort of instructional and then transactional and much more nurturing. And it's just completely changed my first grader's school experience on a day-to-day basis. She's a much happier person. Mm-hmm. She's learning much faster. She went from at the beginning of the school year. Now she'd made progress in reading over the course of the school year that I was proud of, but it wasn't progressing at the pace that i was i was i had concerns all right i don't want to be overly judgmental or you know sound like an overbearing parent but there's a point where it's like you're going to be seven and you don't have a mastery of the language i'm really starting to be concerned about like your long-term ability to to read successfully yeah anyway this has now 
like just rocking it up. So like in the two months that she's been in this with this new teacher, she's moved from the second, like there's like five reading groups. Mm-hmm. She's moved from the second to the, from the bottom reading group to the top reading group. And it has everything to do with her attitude about doing the work. Sure. And so I'm, I got, you know, I know the answer to this question because my question really is, why don't we spend more time on this student teacher fit? Right. And now I know mm-hmm. why that we don't, especially in public school. Um, but it's so wild and has been so impactful. It, it is very hard for me to accept that we can't at least do better. Right now, I know. The, do you ever fill out the questionnaires about your child that the school st- sends out toward the end of the year, or sometimes in the fall? I don't know if we get. I don't know if they're. Uh, you know, are the the surveys we get seem pretty generic. They don't seem really tailored to any sort of fit. Like mm-hmm. it, the, the, they don't. They don't seem like they don't seem. You know, we always have to. We always had to do it the the sort of sneaker way, right? You've talked to somebody who else in the school is like, Hey, did you like your teacher? Or like, mm-hmm. which teacher should we get for the next grade? Who should we ask for? You know, whatever. But, okay. But no, we don't get, we don't get any sort of profile. We don't get profiled like that. No. And you know, the, the like I got the third grade questionnaire just recently and, and it really is incumbent on me though, to be forthcoming. Right. I really have to be very specific. Like here's what my third grader is good at here, where her weaknesses are. And I think mm-hmm. many parents, one are not going to take the time to really fill it out thoughtfully no and two are probably have a hard time being honest right like i will be honest like here's where her weaknesses are i work with both of them every day they have completely different learning styles i know what works for one works what works for the other i know what one is good at i know the weaknesses i want to tell you because i want you to fix them (laughs) right i need help (laughs) yeah yeah but it would be but i I think i'm getting i think I'm, i'm i'm understanding your point it would be nice to say we have for the next grade you have four teachers and this is and this is how they this is how they this is how they line up on a style standpoint and can yeah. we get your child into a class that 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 complements them from a from a teaching style standpoint it i wouldn't even normally have thought about this i don't think but to see the change in her day-to-day behavior and demeanor and she liked her other teacher she used to say lots of good things about her previous sure. teacher but I can see the, the changes in her, just the way she conducts, how happy she is. It and, only and takes one good teacher, really, too. Because my, my daughter was the same way. She, she got to, like, third grade, and that teacher was the difference maker. Mm-hmm. Like, that teacher had it, had, you know, they, they, they hit it off. They, they were simpatico. And that really, that really, it made a huge, it made a huge difference. But, yeah, you're right. Like, we don't think about these things. No, and I'm bummed out actually that our third grader is not going to get to keep her same or didn't get to go in person to, with the teacher that she had this year mm-hmm. because that teacher kicked ass. Like, yeah. I experienced four or five different teachers' online ability to publish materials, and the third grade teacher, at least my daughter's third grade teacher, absolutely just kicked ass. Everything was always correct. I always knew where to go. Like, there wasn't any. It, it was it was fantastic. Anyway, I just I I got caught up in this idea that we should be doing more to you know make styles match and, and have a teacher that is capable of, of, because my parenting style doesn't always mesh well with my young daughter. She's just, she's like, she gets, you know, she yeah. gets emotional. Can they, yeah. Can they, can my children choose a parent that, yeah. that had yeah. a, that had a complimentary style? Cause now, no, they, they my, might want one. They might my need My third that. grader responds to my methods, but I don't know how good our relationship is. <laughs> <laughs> our first grader, my first grader is just, she just, she's hilarious. She just, she'll just make shit up. Like, she's just like, no, this is what happened. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, she will just paint a reality, especially one where she's somehow the victim. 
Anyway. Uh, with that, uh, let's go to segment number one. All right. This is the recasting call, the sliding doors edition. So um, we talked not long ago about recasting some of our favorite movies. And because coming up with original ideas is hard, I thought we could get that muscle in shape first by reviewing some roles that were reportedly passed on by some actors and imagine uh, if we maybe get a better movie with an actor swap. So I put together a list here and I'm going to start with La La Land. And the rumor Mm -hmm. is that Emma Watson was the original choice for the lead role in La La Land um, and left the project to play Belle in Beauty and the Beast. That's a business decision, not an artistic decision. That's a hundred percent. That's a Disney check decision. Oh, for sure. Sorry, right. Damien Chazelle. You're not, you're not the mouse. <laughs> that's, there's no question that the check that she received from Disney was far, far, far greater than the one she would receive for La La Land. Okay. Did you also know that um, Miles Teller was originally uh, cast in the Ryan Gosling role? I can do the rest of my life without having to watch Miles Teller in any other movie ever again. Really? He's, he's grown on me over time. I mean, I'm gonna have to deal with him in Top Gun in the in in Top Gun Maverick. I'm gonna have to someday. deal with him someday. <laughs> Hopefully someday. Um, but I I generally avoid Miles Teller when I can. I I just do. I it's he's not my guy. Okay, I understand that. But you know, but obviously La La Land was was you know well regarded and awarded, and so they got the you know ultimately they got the right people. I think that I think that Emma Stone has enough more ham in her and i think that i think you needed to have a little more ham in you to make that that role work yeah emma watson seems very serious yeah a little too i just doesn't have i mean she certainly would have done it the way that emma or that emma watson would have done it the way that emma stone did it's hard to keep saying that isn't it that's great But Gosling's always good. Yes, no, I, I, I actually can't imagine the movie with these these two in it. I guess Teller. I mean, you saw him in Whiplash, so he, maybe he has some musical talent. Maybe I don't know how can, much of that. Is maybe he can dance. I don't know. There's a whole. I mean, there's a whole. Uh, I just don't see Miles Teller being successful. <laughs> you just don't. Like. So I've what if been. Miles Teller and Lily James made a romantic comedy? Would you go see this movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might have to. <laughs> I do love me some Lily James. <laughs> I know. All right, next we've got, and this is one of my favorite because this, this is the greatest mental picture. Sean Connery in Lord of the Rings. I <laughs> I just see the Daryl Hammond version of Sean Connery just like <laughs> not giving a shit about any of it, right? Like, this tr- this is a talking tree. Like, you know what I mean? He like just can't fucking get over it. Like, he just, he, like, he has to act against a green screen and just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> He's screaming, you shall not pash. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to get a Gandalf quote that would be, I could deliver as Sean Connery. It's "It's the small things, everyday deeds of ordinary folks that keep the darkness at bay. (laughs) (laughs) It's a completely different movie. I like the reason he so offered four. What does this? I don't understand how this, because this report says he was offered $450 million for the part. I don't think that's correct. No, 45 maybe. <laughs> yeah, but 450 it, seems like a typo to me. I think so. Considering, I don't know what that's maybe the 4.5. Budget. <laughs> yeah. Um, Connery said he couldn't wrap his head around the premise. I never understood it. He's I'm sorry. I never understood it. He said, <laughs> I read the book. I read the script. Anyway, I saw the movie. I still don't understand it. Uh, yeah. I mean, exactly. I think 
uh, you know, they got the right again. They got the right guy, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, Sean Connery would have been good as Gandalf. <laughs> It'd been terrible. Let's be clear. <laughs> I want to see it now. <laughs> He just waving his arms and shit. Like, I don't know. He doesn't care. So funny. So, so he's he's only two feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next we have Will Smith as in the Matrix. So Will Smith apparently apparently in competition, well, either proposition or or at least talked in talks, I think is the way they put it, right? In talks to be Neo. Um, but didn't understand sort of what they were doing. Couldn't get the vision in his head. Right. Right. And that's and I can totally see him in in the Matrix. I mean, that would be it would be I I think it would be a fine movie. I mean, I I sort of think about I Am Legend and sort of how he is in that movie, like in the gritty part of the Matrix world, and and the slick part of the Matrix world. I think I I think I think Will Smith would have been fine. I mean, I don't, would he have would he have sold me in the sort of the kung fu fighting aspect of it? Maybe not, but I think the rest of it seems like a totally plausible Will Smith movie. Well, if you think that that movie came out two, three years after Men in Black, so I think of Men in Black, Will Smith is not, he's just like, he even says it himself, right? He says that he watched Keanu's, Keanu's performance and he says he would have messed it up, that he says he wasn't a smart enough actor at that point to just be in the movie. Like he uh-huh. was doing Will Smith things still. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And that's, and, and that's the beauty of being Keanu. Keanu can be Keanu, but in the movie. Yes. Will Smith is always just like Will Smith, and then the movie happens kind of around Will Smith, right? Yeah, he doesn't fade into the background very well. No, it's yeah. not, it doesn't feel like he's living in the world. Right. There are parts of The Matrix that it's really important that you're not focused on Keanu, right? It's mm. actually the, the movie sort of hinges on you being invested in some of the other characters because you need to understand the world he, as he's discovering it. Yeah. And I think incredulous Will Smith probably doesn't play <laughs> the same way. Right. All right, next on our list, we got John Travolta as Forrest Gump <laughs> and reportedly offered the part long before Tom Hanks and turned it down to uh, be in Pulp Fiction. I could, part of me can see that. Part of me, part of me can see, tra- I mean, I don't love, there are no Travolta movies that I love. Not one. <laughs> Pulp Fiction is the only one. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> What's it? Do you have a? Do I have a Tra- Travolta impression? I'm not sure. Yeah, is like there a, a Travol- There is. There's like a Vinnie Barbarino impression. Okay. Right. There's Are you like a, do it right now. <clears throat> Here he goes. He's like, uh, I don't know. It's weird. Like, li- life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can't imagine like Travolta at best doesn't ruin a movie. Face Off is my favorite John Travolta movie. Yeah, for sure. And it's because I mean, he's not being himself. He's trying to do a crazy Nicolas Cage impression. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe John Travolta is a good actor and just needed better directors to work with. Because you think about how good he actually is in Face Off. No, but he's good in stuff. Like, he's good in Get Shorty. I think he's. I think it's a funny, it's a funny role. I mean, he's been good. It's yeah. just that I don't. I don't love John Travolta movies. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're very, they're very few and far between. I've enjoyed some of his performances, but I wouldn't say that I was a John Travolta fan. I can't imagine. I mean, Forrest Gump has not aged very well anyway. No. Um, I can't imagine putting it on and seeing Travolta in that yeah. suit. And Travolta's like physically big. He's like, and, and I guess the way I see, you know, I see Forrest Gump as, as Tom Hanks, who's not. 
Yes. But it, uh, but I think I think the uh, I think the the literary Forrest Gump is a bigger guy, like a bigger dude. But yeah, it doesn't. I, ultimately, it didn't matter. Like the difference between the book and the movie. Yeah. Um, but you know, hey, Academy Award for uh, for Tom Hanks. So there you have it. And Travolta's integral Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Next, Tom Cruise is Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to I want to get to the point where um, we learn that. The, the studio actually preferred Cruise, first of all. Okay. Uh, for obvious reasons, right? They were trying to sell Star a power. They are trying to sell a sure. movie. Yeah, yeah, Sure. Star power. Yeah. Um, but the reason that he would, he didn't, he, so <laughs> he got, it sounds like he got cast and went to work and wouldn't stop quizzing the producers about like the semantics of like Edward Scissorhands. Like, how does he, pay, how does he go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> and like, he just couldn't buy into the idea that you didn't need to know for the purposes mm. of the story. Okay, and so he ref- ultimately like turned down the part because he couldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't answer his questions about like how did Edward function day to day with scissors as hands. Right, right. And the thing is, there's a certain, you know, there's a certain sort of melancholy that 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 you know Johnny Depp brings to that movie. Like you really feel for Edward Scissorhands, right? Like, which I can't imagine Tom Cruise being able to pull off at all. I mean. He's just sort of a, you know, he's just a great nerd. Like young Johnny Depp was just great at being an outsider, right? And and it, and Tom Cruise very rarely, unless he's in the movie The Outsiders, <laughs> very rarely comes off as an outsider. You know what I'm saying? Yes, it's an well, he's an outsider in a. I'm a lunatic and I might murder you right away. <laughs> Whereas Johnny Depp is like, I'm just sad, especially young Johnny Depp. He just yeah, has, like you yeah. say that, that look on the hangdog look, right? He's just, I'm sad. And I'm one of the left out people. And it's I, so I just pretty. <laughs> and with the hair, with the Chalamet hair, <laughs> with the pre Chalamet, does Chalamet have Edward Scissorhand hand hair? I think I, so. His, his hair changes all the time. I don't know. Stupid Chalamet hair. All right, well, we don't have time for another one. So do you have any more comment, comments about Edward Scissorhands' daily routine? No. Any questions you wanted answered out of that movie that you did? Well, how does he... I can just imagine Tom Cruise. But how does he wipe his ass? Right. <laughs> he might yelling. die if he tries to wipe his ass. <laughs> All right, well, with that, let's go to segment two. Okay, so in segment two, um, a, few be- a few weeks back, I was chatting with a friend about vaccine eligibility. And he mentioned how when our state dropped the vaccine phase validation plan in favor of sort of the, here's the eligibility schedule, we're just going to trust you, right? We're not going to deal with this, the, the red tape for getting it anymore. Um, he basically just went and filled it out and said he was high risk and got himself vaccinated like right away. And this is like maybe two weeks before everyone in our age group became like eligible. And I sort of just like chuckled and was like, no, I'll just, I'll wait. It's not that big of a deal. I, I work from home. I'm, I'm not like in need. I don't. I also have some sort of morality about not you know, <laughs> taking a vaccine from someone who might need it more. Um, and this eventually led, led me to tell him that, you know, I mean, that he lived a more morally ambiguous life than I do. <laughs> and he, he took some level of offense to that. Really? But I was like saying it's relative. Look, I, I, you're going to tell me you're, you, you lied on the intake form so you could get it ahead of the line i mean uh, what do you want me to say right congrats it, right it's sh- you yeah you beat the system woo <laughs> um it, it, you know so he took offense to it despite it being true <laughs> 
And anyway, you know, James, if you're listening, you were the direct inspiration for this next segment. Awesome. So in this segment, I found some uh, fishy life hacks, we'll call them, from people with questionable morals. Okay. And, you know, I love life hacks. It's one of my favorite things to go over on the show. I always want to take things away. So I think that this is nice because it's litmus test life hacks. It's really what mm. we're doing, right? Would mm-hmm. you or would you not Would do you or things? would you not? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I hear you say it. Okay. So when buying something from Craigslist, send insultingly low offers from a bunch of burner emails and then send a reasonable offer from your real one. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. You know, it seems that one doesn't seem like that seems like jaywalking like just you know what i mean it's like it's low it's low that's low hanging like have you ever had i mean have you ever had um a friend of yours like place a bid on an ebay item that you were selling just to get the ball rolling <laughs> i have not yeah no i haven't sold anything on ebay in forever but long ago in the early days i, I had i was selling stuff on ebay and it wasn't getting traction i had a buddy just bid on it okay i mean this is sort of the the, the art vandalay industries kind of yeah, this is. I mean, That's this where is, we're at with the moral ambiguity. This is very. Right? This is very low. This is that seems very low stakes to me. Okay, um, is there a price at which it becomes like high stakes? Yeah, no, I mean, what I mean, what are you buying on Craigslist? I mean, furniture. Yeah, whatever. A television, maybe. Okay. Sexual services. <laughs> well, it comes right down to it. The seller's not going to sell it to you for less than they want to sell it to you anyway. It's so, true. It's true. I mean. This seems more like you're you're waving your hands for for nothing. It's a bit of a Jedi mind trick, right? I'm yeah. trying. You're weak minded, and I've set the stage for myself to swoop in as your savior. Right. You're trying to you're trying to yeah. You're trying to soften the soften the target a little bit. Yeah. All right. The next we have um, this person was working maintenance at McDonald's when they did a Best Buy bucks promotion. All the large sodas and large fries had a scratch off that was worth at least a dollar. Okay. So this he was already getting the trash out. So he would just uh-huh. take go to the trash and pull all the cups and fry buckets out of the trash. So he got a dollar. He says he got a free computer that year for Christmas and that the poor cashier at Best Buy almost cried because she had to manually scan each scratch off and verify the dollar <laughs> amount. So if he paid for a computer with McDonald's cups thousand? and fry... <laughs> a thousand? A thousand of these? $500 on the low end? On the low end? Yeah. On the low end. I mean, that's fine. I, you know, I'm totally, I'm okay with that. I mean, it's right. Just, that was you're throwing them away, right? It's a yeah. I mean, people were discarding them anyway. It's not like he was peeling them off, and you know, and giving people sodas without them on there. I mean, people were pitching them, and yeah. they're worth a buck, right? So that's good not, for that's not nothing. This this is hustle. I, I this is he's just hustling, and I and I appreciate that. I agree. Good I don't good have for him. Positive. Uh, this is a classic. Hire a handicapped person to go to Disneyland with you so you can skip the lines. <laughs> Hire a handicapped person? Yeah, I mean, go on Fiverr and find somebody in a wheelchair to come with you to Disneyland. <laughs> so you can push them around and skip the lines. Yeah, when I was a kid, maybe nine, eight or nine years old, I actually twisted my ankle super bad. Um, and like the Wednesday before the weekend that my family's going to Six Flags over mid-America. And amusement park. So my dad, being a doctor, he like kind of taped it up, and he just basically grabbed a wheelchair from his office, put me in the wheelchair, and wheeled me around. They wheeled me around Six Flags, and we went to the front of all the lines <laughs> with me and my badly sprained ankle as a as a as a eight year old or so, eight or nine year old. It was awesome. I, I mean, there were, but there were certain rides they wouldn't let you on with a sprained ankle. So I couldn't ride some of the rides, but 
but most of them they they have like a handicapped entrance. They let you right in the front and you and your family and you're you're on. It's best day of six legs. And plus, I didn't have to walk. It was awesome. You're lucky that next time you guys had an amusement park vacation planned, you didn't wake up in your bed with a block between your ankles and your right. brother standing at the football. <laughs> We're not waiting any lines, Chris. <laughs> right. We can't. We can't. Wait. I'm not going to waste my whole day standing around waiting for the damn teacups. I've tasted the good life. <laughs> We're going to the front. Oh, now don't. bite on this. Please don't hobble me. <laughs> All right. Next. Uh, free parking near your college campus. You need it. You want it. It's difficult to park. It was difficult to park on campus 20 years ago when I was in college. I can't imagine how terrible oh, it is now. God. I can't. Find an older person who lives near campus and doesn't drive and befriend them. Hmm. And basically, just take their handicap. <laughs> that's the part that it doesn't say. Yeah, that's the part where it does. That's that's pretty low. I'm not I'm not happy about this one. This is this is, uh, you know. So, you know, my father had a handicap thing in their car in Las Vegas, and I would go and I would drive the car around and I would like I'd go to the grocery store, and I see the thing flopping around on the 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 you know on the rearview mirror. And I thought and there were always very fleeting moments of like, I could just park in the handicap and at the grocery store or wherever I was. But I couldn't live like that. I'd just pull that thing down and park in a regular spot and just leave the handicap parking for the people who need it. The people are like, there's certain people who need this thing. You can't just be parking your healthy self in the handicap parking. That's wrong. It was, I remember there was like a, a rash of athletes getting the hand, like somehow getting handicap parking passes. Because well, they get like college. an ACL or like they just pass it around. Like one injured, like if somebody got injured, they would just get a part, they would get a handicap pass and then pass it around to their buddies. Yeah. That's wrong. That's wrong. I don't, I don't believe it. I think it's, I think it's BS. One time at our old work, I was using the handicap stall for number two. And then the one guy in our office who uh-huh. was handicapped came into the bathroom and I've never used a handicap stall ever again. Really? I kind of have to use, I mean, it's this roomier. I'm a big yeah, guy. He came in and I was in there and oh, the other one was empty. Oh, it was bad. Know. It was, I, I felt terrible. That's just, <laughs> that's not parking. He can like wait. It's okay. I mean, parking, taking people's parking spaces is wrong. I had to give my, I had a buddy who um, had a house near campus um, that he shared, but they had an empty, there was only, there was, they had an empty spot in the driveway because there were four, you could park four cars in the road. I, I, I bought him beer all the time and just like every Friday I bought him beer and and uh, he let me park in his uh, his house which was pretty sweet that seems like a good deal yeah it was a great deal all right this next one I'm not going to count as morally ambiguous because it's just stealing so uh, go to st- go to steal from Starbucks by ordering a drink and then having one of your friends pick it up instead of you and then go back to the front and say someone else took your drink so you can get another one <laughs> that is crime <laughs> that is petty larceny that's wrong it's wrong. Sorry, you steal it. That is stealing. That is full on shoplifting. All right. That, that, that's not ambiguous at all. No, it's not. Uh, all right. So I, I feel like maybe everyone has done this or a version of this. When getting a call from someone that you don't want to talk to, mention at the beginning of the call that your phone is about to die so you can hang up. Because you can <laughs> just hang up too, right? It's like, my phone's about to die. And like, they're talking and you just hang up. Mm-hmm. Wait, isn't this a Backstreet Boys song? Oh, yes. The call. The call. <laughs> Listen, baby, I'm sorry. I want anyway. to tell you, don't worry. <laughs> I will be late. My battery is low. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, the next one. I like this one. By the way, want... by the way, if you don't want to hang, if you don't want to talk to people, just hang up. Just say I don't want to talk to you. It's fine. Just don't answer the phone. Or don't answer the phone, or just say, or just just pick it up and say, hey, I can't chat right now. I like the feature on my phone where you can send a text to someone who's calling you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just you can just fire back a text. Yeah. And it'll say, hey, can't talk right now. Yeah, mine That's... says uh, I'm not answering because you didn't text me first. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, please. Yeah, uh, comedian Josh Gondelman uh, tweeted earlier uh, that a true optimist answers unknown call, unknown caller numbers, <laughs> and he's getting pushback. And he's like, "What are you talking about? The telephone was like this for like its entire inception until twenty years ago." Right. It's like we always did this. Yeah, people yeah. would call your house, you picked it up. Yeah, hello was a question. <laughs> hello, hello. Yes. Uh, All right, I love this one. This one I might have to adopt. Not that I'm much of a snoop, but. Every once in a while, I get the bug. And if you want to rummage through someone's desk drawers and are, are worried about being caught, do it with an empty stapler in your hand. So grab their stapler, knock the staples out of it, get some paper in your hand, and you can sort. <laughs> you can just dig through their desk with a reasonable excuse. No, get out no. of my desk. No. But if I was you, a P, you, if I was a PI, you, this is the kind of thing I would learn how to do. <laughs> some Jessica Jones kind of thing. <laughs> Rifling through people's desks looking for secret papers. Yeah. Whatever. All my secret papers are on top of the desk. Don't go through. <laughs> There's nothing in the drawers of my desk. <laughs> I don't have anything. Yeah, whatever. All don't right. Rummage through people's stuff. If you're stuck in a crowd and you want to get to the front, yell, I'm going to puke. People used to try this at concerts all the time, and we would say, fuck you. <laughs> We'd be like, then puke. <laughs> I wore my show shoes. Right. I don't puke. care. I got to puke. Puke. Go ahead. Puke. Get out of here with your bullshit. No. Nice try. People who fall for that are like noobs. Like, oh, like, especially if they're going toward the front. <laughs> it's like, please get out of here. Puke. Did you? Yeah. Why are you going toward the front? The bathroom's yeah. out there. Yeah. Then puke. Puke right here. I want to see it. Did you have show shoes? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like yeah. these are the sneakers that only go to the like the club. Yeah, you're not gonna wear good. Sh- yeah, you're not gonna wear. You're not gonna get all dimed out and go to the go to the show. That's just idiocy. I might one of those shoes might come off and I might never see it again. <laughs> always a always a possibility. I remember tying the shit out of my laces, like because you really didn't want to lose your shoes in the crowd. Yeah, you're jumping around all of a sudden, like your shoe comes flying off. You're like, oh fuck, I'm well, walking home with one shoe. It was more that you'd go and like other people's shoes would be flying around. I was like, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> Wasn't it No Effects? They did an album called So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes. <laughs> people, his shoe, his shoes come off in the crowd and then uh-huh. someone else picks it up and they throw it on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There are more of these. We might have to come back to uh, Maybe. this at some point. But I, I like to, to do these morality tests with you. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's go to segment three. All right. In segment three, uh, there was alien news. All right. Regular listeners of the show will know that I believe that it's mathematically unlikely that the universe does not contain other forms of intelligent life. Over the last few years, we've received confirmation from the Pentagon that there have been multiple videos taken by U.S. Navy pilots, naval aviators, (laughs) of unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, And no one really seems to give a shit, right? It kind of bounced around the internet for a day or two, and then now it's like happening a few times a year and so it's not even getting regular like like it's not even getting chatter traction like he's not even like bouncing around the internet like it used to um right. so just two weeks ago we got additional confirmation of the legitimacy of additional videos uh 
including one where there's like it looks like a Dorito flying around inside of an infrared camera lens. <laughs> so here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. We have three possible options, right? Other countries are far more advanced than we are at aerial technology and choose to keep it a secret and testing our fe- our defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, the government is running low-key psyops on us for like unknown reasons. Because it's, it's not really penetrating, right? So it's not like they're no. seeing a big pickup on this. Mm-hmm. Um, or there are actually aliens. That's really. Do you have any other options you could think of? Um. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we have we have really advanced technology, and people are getting a glimpse of it. Other countries have really advanced technology, and we're getting a glimpse of it. Or actual aliens. Or or they're just or they're just screwing with us just to see if we'll crack as a people. That's what I've got. That's like the four the four things. Yeah. I tend to lean against actual aliens. Okay. I just don't, I mean, you know, from what we know about physics and all this other stuff, it's unlikely that, that, that you could bridge the gap, the, the large gaps to get from a planet to another planet. And even if you got to another planet, like what would you do there? Because we are creatures who are perfectly adapted to our environment. And if you can't take our environment with us, like in we can't really live on other planets that's that's just star trek hoo-ha right because you know there's basically two kilograms of bacteria in your body Uh that need to be nurtured (laughs) and if you can't nurture them in other places um it won't work your body won't work so So, okay i I understand i'm I'm with you on this so those are my two those are my two those are my two reasons why i don't think we can we can't go, go live on other planets and it's sort of vice. It works vice versa. That's that aliens can't 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 traverse it as well. My rebuttal to you would be that the unidentified aerial phenomenon, uh, yeah. the, the, one of the key identifying features of them, is they do not obey the laws of physics on Earth as we are we know them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. That's the whole thing. Is like the, the pilots are like, what is that? That, that thing is rotating. They like the stuff they say to each other. Right, it's, uh-huh. the wind's blowing 120 knots, and they're going against the wind at this speed. That's like physically impossible, like for any sort of known. Right. You know. So, so my point being that mm-hmm. I agree with your your premise, except for the fact that if they are sufficiently advanced, perhaps the limitations as we understand them don't exist for those beings. Sure. I okay. Mean, <laughs> I mean, but it's an Occam's razor piece, right? It's yeah. like a yeah. What's more likely? It's it's unless you're that the crazy haired guy from the Discovery Channel, it might not be aliens. <laughs> Mondo Chiwans. <laughs> but I but I see where you're I see where you're coming from because because we tend to just shut it out, right? Mm-hmm. Like because we've got bigger fish to fry as a as a society than aliens. I mean, aliens would be an interesting thing, like real deal aliens if they were like the like sort of hover down in the middle of Central Park tomorrow, like shit would change, right? Yeah. Like yeah. For, sh- for sure. But maybe we're just too entertaining. Maybe they're just like, <laughs> remember in our ancient history when we were shitheads like these cavemen, like right. when we were when we were simpletons and now look at us now, we're these amazing, this amazing technologically advanced society that can bridge all these, these giant gaps of space and do whatever we want. Ha, 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 ha. Look, they're still starving each other. (laughs) (laughs) They put metal in a thing and it explodes and the metal comes out. (laughs) They go to the bathroom in a bowl full of water. (laughs) 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 
What I loved about this report, though, too, is that the intelligence community is expected to publicly brief Congress on some of these sightings this summer after the Senate Intelligence Committee specifically asked for more information on UFOs. All right. So do they, I mean, so there's always been this Area 51 thing that we've all sort of grown up. My favorite parts of Harry (laughs) Reid. The alien parts. (laughs) The alien parts. Like, is it's there? Yes, maybe. I mean, there's definitely a a base there. There's definitely a base there, but you know, are are there? Was there an alien crash in Roswell in in the fifties and all this other stuff? I mean, it makes for great. It makes for great stories, and it made for a a fine CW series for a little while. (laughs) But, but really, I mean. Now, if the, my other question for you is, if these videos had come out in, say, 1998, mm. does the reaction change significantly? Let's see. Hide of the X-Files. The yeah. truth is out there. The government's lying to us. Well, I mean, all that stuff's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, a, but, there's a comedian doing a bit right now, and I, I, don't remember, I, I wish I remember his name, where he talks about, you don't believe in any conspiracy theories? Like, any? <laughs> He's like, I understand in believe, not in believing in most. Or, you but know, any? but any he's like, you think the government's batting a thousand is telling us the <laughs> truth about everything. <laughs> the, this is the whole, this is the whole, the, the aspect is what would surprise me. Like if there were really, if there were really aliens, would I be surprised by that? I don't think so. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be surprised if there were aliens or science, like real deal evidence that we've been visited by aliens. If, if real deal proof came out, I'd be happy to say that looks like real deal proof to me. I could, I can easily change my mind about this, <laughs> but would it surprise me? I don't think it would surprise me. It would be shocking and in, in kind of the, in a way, but would I be surprised that I'm, cause I'm with you. I mean, there's no question. There's a, additional life in the, in the universe. I mean, it, statistically it can't not be, Yeah, but but um, would it make it here? I guess I would be a little surprised, but would I be surprised? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, you know, I think this is why it doesn't, it just bounces off of us because people are so self-involved and I'm including myself when I say that. And I like to think that I'm fairly, I try to be you know, open-minded, analytical and look around and really wonder about why things are the way they are and how can uh-huh. they become a different way. But I think my reaction to aliens would be like, ah, oh, fuck, what is this going to do to my life? <laughs> <laughs> right, because I'm playing, I have a game that I have to play myself. Like, aliens is outside my game. Right. Like, it's not the game I'm playing. Yeah. Like, the it's game just one I'm more playing, thing I can't control. Right. The, exactly. It's like, the game I'm playing is this whole, and the, our whole, the whole premise of our, our podcast is, I'm a dad, I'm trying to raise some kids, I'm trying to, like, get through life and, you know... And deal with the society that we have. I mean, sure. aliens, if aliens are there or not, it doesn't really affect me. Because, again, again, I'm sure that there are, there is life else, infinite life in an infinite universe, right? Yeah, but you're never going to know about it. We're not, we're probably not going to live long enough to ever find out. Right. And sewer rat might taste like pumpkin pie, but I'll never know. <laughs> so a couple other uh, key pieces that I wanted to, to pluck out of this story to discuss um, that I like the idea that so Harry Reid went through the, the process of actually like budgeting money for the Pentagon to look into UFOs and they were resistant because they thought it was stupid and he was like no this is appropriated money you need to be doing this and then the Pentagon was saying like it bordered on annoyance that people worried that if it came out that the government was spending money on this and wasting it and it'll be a bad story for them <laughs> right. R- right what 
Have, have you heard about the F-35? <laughs> that's where all that money's going. That See, this is the... that Now, see, that's a conspiracy theory worth like... like, like there's there's a reason like hammers cost six hundred dollars and shit like that because that money like gets funneled into other defense projects like UFO research and and um, that that the space machine from Contact. What if we spent some <laughs> of the money on matching students with teachers who would teach the most effectively? <laughs> that, no. What do you think about that? Sound no? that's stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why would we spend money on that? Come on. When there are aliens, when there's an imminent alien threat, why would we care about educating our children in the most effective and uh, appropriate way? Because kids would then grow up with critical thinking skills and not, you know, get their news from Facebook. (laughs) Yes, people, stop getting your news from Facebook. Oh, God, please. Just because somebody posted a picture on the internet doesn't make it a fact. (laughs) The love of God. Like aliens. Wait a minute. I think I've... No, it's fine. I, you know, again, I think the government should do some stuff. And if they need to funnel some money to, like, figure out if aliens are a problem, that's okay. Real. And if they're, you know, whatever. We need people. We need we need serious people for serious problems. All right. I have a couple more points to hit on this. Uh, right. they, 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 they called the program in the Pentagon the Advanced Aerospace Weapons System Applications Program. Okay. Very, very boring. Yes. A-A-W-S-A-P. <laughs> Come on. You're making a space investigation you can't come up with something cool no they want to make it they want to make they want to make people they want to make sure people look at it and just gloss over it if it said like imminent alien threat detection then people would be like what the hell is this what's this line item you gotta make it like stupid you know you gotta make it like you know like ultimately people just ignore it and so and here's a finally a quote from harry reed who says I was told for decades that Lockheed had some of these retrieved materials, he said, and I tried to get, as I recall, a classified approval by the Pentagon to have me go look at the stuff, and they would not approve that. So why would the Pentagon pre- prevent a senator from being able to view the materials that Lockheed supposedly has in their possession? Because it's real, dude. All I know is I want a driver, a golf driver made from alien material, so that maybe it goes like much farther. Like It'd be non-conforming. Give me the ball. I want the alien ball. <laughs> the alien material ball. Yeah, and then I can just like yeah. shoot out a wave where it can't go past like the barriers on the left yeah. or right side. Yeah, they just swing like crazy. That would be see. That's how we should be using alien technology. Like not blowing each other up, man. We should just use it to get good at sports. <laughs> we should make like a Netflix series that's like you know one of those like normal people in the superhero world, but instead it's like. Uh, the post Avengers attack, you know, like how the first Spider-Man movie is like the, one of the, the thrusts yeah. of the plot is uh, scavenging the alien technology. Yeah. And yeah, we should be doing, we should do a series on that, but it's just the stupidest ways you could use alien <laughs> technology. <laughs> like for, <laughs> What's the dumbest, right. most boring stuff you'd actually end up using it for? Right. Exactly. Advanced strap wrench to get this damn uh, peanut butter open. Exactly. That's what I've been using. Speaking of the peanut butter jar, why is it narrower at the top? Who's, who they, is that benefiting? It wants they want you to waste your they want you to waste your time. That's why you have to have a, one of those little tiny spatulas, man. You get all the peanut butter out of that. I jar. understand, but I just don't understand whether there needs to be this like ring of peanut butter that's like hidden, like just inside the top. Oh, because you so you can stick your finger in there, man. That's like the half the fun of having peanut butter. All right, puck. <laughs> all right, that's it for our regular segment. So you know what that means. Are you stupid or something? Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid is or stupid does, sir. It's the stupidest things ever said. Like aliens. 
<laughs> a very small crowd here today. I can count the people on one hand. Can't be more than 30. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like George W. Bush. It does, right? Sportscaster yeah. Michael Abramson. All right. Do you remember the Jack Abramoff scandal? Uh, no, I don't recall. I, okay. it's, the name sounds familiar. I don't want to go into it, but it was just like it, it came to my my attention the other day that that was in like 2006. Oh, <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ! Anything yeah. that happened in the early 2000s, I'm like, what? No, seriously. 15 years ago? Okay. Mm. Anyway, uh, he is a highly experienced driver with an unblemished record of accidents. <laughs> so this is Samantha Cohen, the assistant private secretary to Queen Elizabeth II. I've got to imagine she's talking about. Bill. <laughs> Maybe. Well, he, that was his whole thing, right? He loved to drive. Yeah. So the whole thing was like, you know, people started being like, hey, should he still be driving? And then he crashed yeah. the car finally. And that, right. was, that was the end of it. See, I think he loved to drive so much it killed him when they stopped, they, they took it away from him. Yeah. Yeah. At 99. <laughs> you know, 100 years old. Well, if you look on Facebook, clearly the COVID vaccination killed him. <laughs> right. Right. He got a COVID vaccination. He was 98. 99? Dead. There you go. What more proof do you need? All right. So stay with me on this one. This is from a Polish parliamentary hearing. <laughs> this, this, feeds, this feeds into a lot of negative stereotypes. <laughs> it's not. It's <laughs> a good point. Okay. All right. So uh, this is from the politician Marek Suski. Do you know this person? The witness says, sorry, but who? This woman nicknamed Serena with a T like Zarina. All right. Forgive me, but I don't know any Sarina. The only Sarina I know is Catherine. Catherine, could you give me a surname? Catherine the Great. Suski writes it down. Another member of the commission starts laughing. What's funny about that? Are you with me on this one? Yes. She's the that's Sarina. A, right. Yes. Right. It's the, uh, yeah, that's a. Maybe I should edit that one. That's a long way to go. Yeah, it wasn't as good. When I read it, I laughed. But then I just read it out loud. It, <laughs> not great sorry fake. sorry folks uh this is from horse trainer charlie mccann the horse sadly died this morning so it looks like he won't be running in the gold cup <laughs> it's called burying the lead yep yeah yeah exactly this is from a church bulletin mr bradford was elected and has accepted the office of head deacon we could not get a better man one more time Mr. Bradford has elected, was elected and has accepted the office of head deacon. We could not get a better man. Like, it's supposed to be complimentary, but when you read it like that, it sounds like they couldn't find anybody better to do the job. <laughs> I see. I took it on the positive note. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, we couldn't find a better guy to do. We couldn't, we couldn't be happy. We couldn't find a better guy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> jokes always work best when you have to explain them. Right. Sorry. And finally, my favorite, listed under skills on resumes. Honorable mention certificate from a high school science fair. 1995 owl hooting champion. Can't speak Spanish, but could probably get by in a country that spoke it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of person I want on my team. That's a, you know, Confidence. give me, give me, give me a situation that is unfamiliar to me and I will make it work. Yeah. Maybe by, work. maybe by owl hooting. I don't think they was all on the same resume. That'd be interesting if they were. <laughs> all right, let's go to the overtime. Overtime. Okay, so the other night, I was getting ready for bed. 
And a random memory of something I did when I was 20 popped into my head. And to be honest, it was so inconsequential that I don't even remember what it was at this point because my takeaway was my reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking that like, you know, I'm, I'm 41. And if I went back in time right now and said my, to myself, hey, self, I'm you from the future. You're going to go do this thing tonight and it's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Not because it's going to ruin your life or anything, but just when you're laying alone in bed at night and you can't fall asleep, you're going to think of how stupid you were in this situation and the dumb thing you said. So mm-hmm. don't do that. Right. I'm pretty sure that 20-year-old me tells me to fuck off. Oh, uh, right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is a funny, you, you've tapped into a funny daydream that I've had, which is to say, could you go back in time and convince your younger self that you are you? Mm-hmm. Like how would how would you convince twenty year old yourself that you were actually who you said you were? Like well, I am you now. Now maybe I look like you, but I mean time travel is not really something that is a common thing for people who experience. So how would you? How would what what button would you push with your twenty year old self to make sure that he knew that you were him from the future? I have a few unique possessions that I think would be um, irrefutable if I could take it back with me. Yeah. Yeah. Like or you could few... say them. You could say, maybe you could say, I know that you have a, um, that your dad's wristwatch was held in his butt during the war. And given I could tell you friend. exactly the kind of hand-drawn porn you created. <laughs> See, that, I mean, that's the kind of shit you'll have to go and talk about, right? That's yeah. the kind of stuff you'll have to say, come here. I am you from the future. I and I can prove it, and here's how. <laughs> this is where we hid that workout video that we stole from mom. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's exactly. It's like your porn stash at your house yeah. was, yeah, in a curling iron box underneath the sink. Yeah, you definitely have to come up with something that you did <laughs> right. that, that you never told anybody about. Absolutely. Remember I mean, that time you tried to set a record in the bathroom? <laughs> Right. So that's the first that's the first thing you have to overcome, right? And the second thing you have to overcome is really what kind of advice could you really give yourself that would demonstrably change your life? Well, I don't even think it's that deep. I'm not even going that deep with it. I'm going with it just the idea that, you know, like you don't really realize that the kind of things you're going to regret and you certainly don't if if you're the kind of person that is self-reflective you're often sort of just haunted by these dumb, this dumb shit that you did that you're like, God, what a fucking idiot I was. What was I doing? Yeah. And how like that stuff sticks with you. And it now you don't, and you didn't realize at the time, like, Oh, I got over it. But then like, like 20 years later, Oh, here it comes. (laughs) I (laughs) never got over it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you definitely as a 20 year old though, wouldn't take the idea of this is going to bother you 20 years from now as enough right. of a reason to not do something no, stupid. Absolutely not. No, and that's it's gonna really bu- sad. <laughs> <laughs> because regret is regret requires time. It you does. Know? Yeah. And so to tell someone you're going to regret this is like, even to tell yourself, Hey dude, you're going to regret this. Be like, I don't whatever. Yeah. But care. like you can, I mean, I could get into the specifics. I think that's the thing that is, is troublesome to me is that like, it's one thing for me to say, you're going to regret this or this isn't going to go mm-hmm. well and you're going to feel bad about it later. It's yeah. a whole other thing for me to say 20 years from now, one thirty in the morning, you're not going to be able to fall asleep because you're going to be thinking about this dumb shit that you did, even though you know, it still doesn't matter or it doesn't yeah. matter anymore and it doesn't affect your life anymore. It's still going right. to bother you. So I promise you it's not worth doing it because you're going to hate that moment when you can't fall asleep because your brain will shut off thinking about this dumb shit you did. Yeah. Well, fair. 
The uh, but that's the you know so you know that that if you were Marty McFly and you took the time machine back as far as he took it in Back to the Future, if you did that today, you'd end up in 1991. I'm aware. <laughs> Thank you. I know. Which is which is amazing, amazing. But the thing is, it doesn't really. You can't. There's nothing. There's nothing I could tell my. I don't think there's anything that I want to or could tell my my past self that would really matter at all. It'd be mostly about like not simping for certain kinds of girls. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, don't but, waste your time on this. But at the time, it was you know. <laughs> but at the time, it's kind of you know. It's kind of eh, what you wanted to do. Eh. Eh, whatever. No. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Those, <laughs> those are the things that make you the person you are today. I mean, exactly. You have to take, you have to take the good and the bad, and there you have the facts of life. <laughs> I'll just tell them all the morally questionable things that you get away with throughout your life. You right them now. Now see, now that's now now you're talking. Like if if I you know you go back to two thousand eight yourself and you say, hey, cut ten thousand bucks loose on some Bitcoin. Um, now that's something you now that's something that you could that now that would help the gray sports almanac would totally do the trick now that's what you that's what you would that's what you should do you should load up your younger self with like information that would here's a laminated investing schedule in 1996 i need you to take that 300 bucks you get from grandma invested in yahoo sell it in 2000 no later do not wait do not deviate from these dates (laughs) right microsoft (laughs) google like here's how it goes yes that's the kind of shit you should tell your uh, the other stuff's all immaterial anyway because the second you tell them that they're just you're just gonna simp for some other girl you're just i mean because you're ready to do it i mean you're just a kid i mean that's what kids do they (laughs) fall in love with inappropriate people and break their hearts i mean that's you know, in the past, I would have worried about going back and letting myself, um, you know, become rich, like in that way, because, you know, you mess up the timeline as we learn. Fine. But Donald Trump was already the president. It can't, like, worse than that. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, why would you even? Yeah, exactly. Why would we, you even? We already ended up at Biff World. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's this other there's other time travel daydream where if I put my my 50 year old, 51 year old brain into like my first grade head. Mm-hmm. And you had to relive your life, like sorry, yeah. it would be such a disaster. Like you'd think to yourself, "Oh, I'd do all kinds of great stuff," and you'd be like, "No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you'd just be fucking off." No, it I would cut be class worse. constantly. Your your life would just end up much worse because you wouldn't want to do all that stuff over again. No, you wouldn't want to. You know, you wouldn't want to deal with kids. Oh my god, I mean, you wouldn't want to deal with. I mean, there's no possible way your life turns out better if you, you end had up a hanging out in the to... teachers' lounge, <laughs> smoking you cigarettes, these shitheads. <laughs> I mean, your life would just be a complete disaster. I mean, there's no do-overs. I mean, so the only thing you should be able to do if you jump back in time is enrich yourself. And then once you jump back to the future, your life would be awful also because whatever. You know, there's no there's no, there's no, no wishing it away. That's, uh, that's that genie shit, man. Once you, once, you, once you make a deal with a genie, it's, uh, your, your, shit's, uh, your shit's gotten worse. 100%. Well- well, to close up the show, I always like to share with you new pandemic-related experiences. So mm. my hair is now shoulder length. <laughs> like it rests on my shoulder. I put a shirt on, I have to pull it out. Nice. I pull a t-shirt on, I got to pull my hair out. Nice. Um, and I, you know, I wear earbuds quite a bit um, mm. as I'm doing things and conference calls, listen to podcasts, whatever, music, whatever. 
and often I don't notice that when I put the earbuds in, the hair goes in the ear hole, and then I like I, I will catch it with my finger as I run my hand through my and hair, it'll, and like and it'll, it'll peel the hair out, or sometimes it shoots the ear yeah the earbud right. out. Uh huh. I mean, I guess this is what it's like to be a woman, but it's just new for me. <laughs> is this a new record for you? This is a this is the this is the this is the grow out record by far. By far. I mean, I yeah. had like you know like a Bosworth mullet in like fifth grade. Uh huh. So I had like down the nape of the neck, but I mean. But as far as a full grow out goes, this is, we're 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 uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna you're we're blazing new trails over there. Yeah, I'm Good gonna. For you. I, I, so I get my second vaccine uh, next week, and so two weeks after that, I'm gonna go get trimmed because now it's just like at the bottom, like I've split ends, and like it's uh-huh. me- it's messy and I, it's hard to make it look nice. But I it's long enough now that I can like just get out of the shower and put a little like you know leave-in conditioner in it and like get on my conference calls with like and and just look like a man with long hair. Nice. It's just like it's just cascading down the sides of my. <laughs> <head>. <laughs> and then like a couple days go by and. Now today was a headband day, and then tomorrow yeah. I have to wash it again. I can't wash it every day, or it just frizzes the hell out. <laughs> Congratulations! I'm glad I'm glad you're enjoying the grow out. This is a it's, it's been very a, fun. Yeah, it's a fun thing to be able to do. Yeah, enjoy it while you can. Yeah, I mean it's not going to last forever. I don't know. We'll yeah, see how long exactly. we get through this hot summer with this much hair on my head. Right. That'll be the that'll I'm be like, the real. Yeah, it's going to be like Pedro and Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> I'm just going to be shaving my head in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i can't take it anymore god damn it yeah yeah definitely all right that's our show our thanks to all of you for listening to the two on three pod where we look outward to help you look inward if you enjoy the show tell your friends if you don't don't drop us a review and subscribe if you're new but until next week when we return with more pop culture life strategies and existentialism peace peace